It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beautiful wood. A neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you. So let's make the most of this beautiful day. Beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my neighbor? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my neighbor? Hey, well, I am glad that you came to Ridge today. Uh, my name is Chris. I, I am the new guy around here, and so uh, I am glad that you're here today. Maybe you're new as well, and so I just want to say thanks for coming. Thanks for spending your time with us. We really appreciate it. We look forward to this time every week. Uh, really, a time for us to just take a deep breath and to worship the Lord and, and uh, see what he has to say for our lives. So I am glad uh, that you came today. Uh, but that guy, right? Oh, man, he is something else. I really like that guy. He, he taught us a lot of things and really uh, helps us to know how to be a good neighbor. And, uh, you know, there's really some lessons that we can learn uh, as we watch. Man, did you know he was on TV for over 33 years? There were like almost 900 episodes of that show. I don't think I could stay in my neighborhood that long. Uh, I, they would kick me out. But uh, one of the things that I learned from him is how to just be a little comfortable. And so I am glad that, that uh, we learn all these great lessons uh, from him. But one of the reasons why we love Mr. Rogers so much is because he's different. Like he's different than the rest of us. All of us want to live in a place with good neighbor, neighbors, but I don't think we all want to be the good neighbor, right? Maybe that's just me and you're leaving me hanging. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, there's something unique about this guy. And, and what I love is that uh, uh, we really begin to recognize it. We begin to see it. And in fact, uh, we're talking about the art of neighboring. We're doing this along with 100 other churches in Charlotte, over 60,000 people. And, and we're all talking about the same thing because we all sort of need it, right? And so uh, uh, if, if you are a follower of Jesus, we've been talking about what it looks like to love our neighbor well. How would that impact the lives of those around us? How would that impact our neighborhood? How would that impact our city? And, and uh, one of the things that I get to do uh, here at Ridge is to uh, be a part of building community on social media. And so uh, someone shared that uh, last Monday, after uh, we kicked off the series, there was somebody in their neighborhood that came over to their house and introduced themselves. And it, it wasn't somebody who comes here. Uh, they, they were just a part of a church who uh, really um, was, was talking about this neighboring thing. And uh, so it's really exploding. There are amazing things happening. In fact, you probably saw this uh, online this week, this picture of uh, President Bush and Ellen DeGeneres. And there are like no two different people. But here they are neighboring. And, and man, 
as a result of last weekend, this is happening. We did that. <laughs> or not. It might have nothing to do with us. But um, uh, uh, there, there are some incredible things that are taking place. We're, we're really moving from stranger to acquaintance to relationship. We're trying to see how can we do that as a group of people and how would that impact our communities. And so uh, uh, we just moved here, me and my family. Uh, we're new to Charlotte. Um, and uh, we moved from Lake George, New York. And you might not know where that is. That's fine. Uh, it's uh, upstate New York, uh, right on the border of Vermont, uh, north of Albany. And uh, we love it. Uh, uh, here in, in uh, uh, where am I? We love it here in Charlotte. I promise. I promise. No, we're so glad to be here. In fact, we just finished up uh, serving at a church in New York, a great church uh, for over 11 years. And uh, uh, now we get to be a part of something happening here. And, and let me just tell you, one of the reasons, and really a big reason, a big piece of the reason why we moved here to Charlotte is to be a part of Ridge Church. Uh, we have been kind of stalking Ridge Church really since the beginning, uh, 11 years ago. And, and so uh, my wife, Patty, she is from this area, grew up in, in Charlotte. And so uh, I remember uh, when we would visit, she would say, hey, we have to check out Ridge Church. We have to stop by there. And uh, so to see over the past couple of years especially how uh, this Nexus project has moved from a vision to a reality. And maybe, maybe you're new and, and you're like, Nexus project? What are, you, what are you talking about? Really, it's just Ridge's way of neighboring well in our community. And so uh, we're going to be talking more about that in a couple weeks. But uh, since you don't know me and my family, I wanted to introduce them and, and show you a picture. Uh, this is my family. Uh, this is the picture of what we hope our family always looks like. But to be honest, no, not our family is not going to look like that all the time. So I brought another picture to kind of show you, yep, this is us, okay? <laughs> We're all a little crazy, but this is my wife, Patty. Uh, we have been married for 14 years. She, uh, we met in Winston-Salem, and uh, after we married, I took her to New York, and her family doesn't like me anymore. <laughs> no. But, but now they love me. For some reason, I just bring her back to Charlotte, and they're like, all about Chris, right? Uh, no, they always have loved me, <clears throat> I think. Uh, these are my daughters, Eliza and Charlotte. They're eight years old, and they look a lot alike because they're twins, and so they look a lot alike. And uh, this is my youngest, Magnolia, and she uh, just turned three. We, God has really brought our family together in a special way. And, and if you have uh, ever uh, uh, been involved in foster care or adoption, uh, it is such a beautiful and messy thing all at the same time. And so uh, that's how our family came together. And so we are so thankful and, and holding on all at the same time because it's, it's not easy. And, and some of you have, have uh, been a part of fostering or adopting in our community. And so I just want to say thank you and uh, keep up the work, good work. Keep going. Uh, keep holding on because it is worth it. But um, so not long ago, I finished up uh, my time in New York, and, and we were really thinking about what does that look like for our family? 
Uh, and, and really, uh, one of the things that happened was that uh, over, the, uh, over the course of time, we discovered, man, we just, we just can go anywhere. And so we wanted to come here, and we saw how well Ridge was neighboring, and we wanted to be a part of that. Um, so I want you to know that you're a part of something pretty special. If you're new or if you've been coming for a while, I never want you to forget that or take that for granted. But I have to be honest, like, I hate moving. I'm like a settled guy. I'm like, a, okay, uh, I'm going to put my roots down and be there forever. But it's amazing uh, that, that uh, we get to, to jump into a new place and uh, a new neighborhood. I'm not like a super outgoing guy, so I kind of got to know my neighbors where I was. Um, but in, in Charlotte, my card looked like this, blank. And, and maybe you're wondering, what's that card? Uh, last week, we handed out these cards. And, and really, what we're trying to do is say, okay, uh, just take a look around your neighborhood. Who are the eight people closest to your house? Do you know their name? Can you write them down? Just write a couple down. And so maybe, uh, maybe you weren't here last week. You can pick up one of these at guest services. Maybe you were like not very happy that you didn't do very well, so you tore it up. You can also pick up another one at guest services. But my card now looks like this. My wife, she did a much better job, but I'm still kind of getting acquainted, figuring things out. Uh, and so uh, how does your block map look? Did you feel like you, you did well, or do you feel like, oh, man, I hardly know anybody? <laughs> we talked about this conversation that Jesus had uh, with uh, some other people, and, and he told this story of the Good Samaritan. And the whole point of the story was to illustrate there are some important things that we need to do as followers of Jesus, to love God and to love our neighbor. And we left off with this thought. What if... What if your address is not an accident, but an assignment? What if there is a purpose, there is a reason why you are living where you're living? You're there on purpose. God put you there for a reason. So today, I want to talk about the best way to love your neighbor. But it's also probably the most challenging part about this whole thing. It's giving them your time. That is the best way to love your neighbor. And we know that's true um, uh, because the moment we start talking about filling in this block map, right, we start saying, man, I don't have time to get to know eight new families. I don't have time to, to make them my best friend. And the good news is they don't have to be your best friend, but we do have to love them. And that does take time. Time that many of us don't have right now. But I have some good news for you. What if I told you, by the time this conversation was over, uh, I could give you one more hour of time? So instead of 24 hours a day, I could give you 25 hours. So I want you to think about that for a second. What would, one, uh, what would you do with just one more hour? Some of you knew right off the bat, I know exactly what I would do with that hour. Some of you are still thinking about it, mulling it over. But I want you to take a moment, and I want you to tell the, your neighbor, tell the person next to you, uh, 
what that one thing is. And even in the Warehouse Cafe, go ahead and put down your latte for just a moment and uh, tell your neighbor, what was that one thing you do with that hour? <laughs> we all have different ways that we would use that hour, right? But we have one thing in common. We would all use that hour, right? I mean, whether it's like checking something off the to-do list at home, maybe a project at the house, maybe it's that paper that, that you were supposed to have turned in Friday, right? You got an extra hour now to finish it up and hand it in. Uh, maybe, maybe for some of you uh, parents of young kids, you would say, I know exactly what I would do with that hour. I would be sleeping, right? That's me. That's what I would choose to do with my hour. But you're probably wondering, okay, Chris, what's the secret? Like, how much is this going to cost me, right? Is this five payments of $29.95 or what? Like, how does this work? And so I, I want to just tell you, I can't do it. I can't give you another hour. And, and I know that was probably a letdown, and I, I'm sorry for that. But, but, but think about this. You already spent that hour. You didn't even have it yet, and you spent the hour. That's how consumed we are. That's how little margin we have in our lives. We're already up to the top, and we're looking for ways to get more time in our lives. We have more obligations than we do hours, right? You know, there was a guy named Moses. You may have heard of him. He carries around two ten, uh, tablets of Ten Commandments, right? Uh, lived a little while ago. And he was also a songwriter. And he wrote this song to God. And there's this one lyric that I want to share with you. It says, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. He said, help us to know how to spend our time. Help us to know what that looks like and how we can do that best because we're not very good at managing our time. We want to be wise in how we do that. If we could all have just that one more hour, man, we feel like we would have that space. But maybe it's time for us to say, I need to stop choosing good things and start choosing wise things in my life. Because, you know, busyness is not a new concept in, uh, in this world, right? It's, uh, there have been generations and generations who would describe themselves as, as busy, but this generation, we are like super good at being busy. In fact, we create technology to really compress all the things that we can do with our time. And so all of this technology, whether it's the, the new iPhone that you got, you thought, man, that is going to give me the extra hour that I'm longing for, that I really need. And all of a sudden, it just seems like it fills right back up. There's not the time that we're looking for, the time that we think we need. And many times we can get off focus. Many times we can uh, uh, see that time as it's gone. We, we, we don't spend it well. We have so many things that are happening, so many things that are going on, and we want to spend our time well. So I want to take a look with you today at a perfect example of what we're talking about, how we can get off focus, and, and what we need to keep in mind uh, as we're neighboring well. 
In this account that we're going to look at today, we talked about uh, the, the previous part uh, last week, the, the conversation about um, the Good Samaritan. And, and the, the same author, Luke, uh, he does an amazing job of, of grabbing the details of the ministry of Jesus on a large scale. Uh, you, we, we kind of get uh, pieces and pictures uh, that we're like, wow, that's, that's really interesting. I, I'm really glad somebody wrote that down. But I also love the way that Luke kind of allows us to peer behind the curtain into kind of the personal life of Jesus, you know, to, to be able to see, okay, what does Jesus do on his day off or, or his day away from the crowds, right? And so I love uh, this story that, that we're going to look at today that Luke recorded for us. This is what he writes. He says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, they were on their way to Jerusalem, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And, and if we just stopped right there and said, that's all we're looking at today, we would say, man, Martha, she did a great job of neighboring, right? Jesus was coming through, and instead of just waving, she said, why don't you come to my house? Bring your disciples, come on. I want to spend some time with you. That's pretty incredible, isn't it? But the story doesn't end there. We're not done uh, with, with this conversation. There's more that we need to take away from this. It, it continues. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. And, and I, I love what Mary does. When, when Jesus comes uh, into that house, Mary says, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to get to know you. I just want to learn from you. I just want to soak up this time. So I'm going to sit right here at your feet and just listen to you. And what's amazing is that this was so countercultural. This was so different than, than what she really should be doing during that time. Uh, you see, many times when a rabbi would come, uh, the men of the house would come around and sit and listen and learn and glean from what the rabbi was saying. But I love what Jesus does. I love that Jesus just kind of invites Mary in and says, no, I want you to be here. I want to pour into you. I, I want you to hear the things that we're talking about together. I want you to be a part of this conversation. But it was a step for, for Mary. And, and maybe for us too, there are some things that, that are countercultural that need to take place in our lives. I mean, we are consumed. We are so busy but maybe we need to be slowing down. Maybe we need to eliminate some things to create margin on our calendar. So there's Mary sitting at Jesus' feet. And, and here comes the contrast. Here comes the other side uh, of the story. It says, but Martha, she was distracted. What? Jesus had, had come into this house. Martha had invited her and now she, Luke says that she is distracted. It means she lost focus. She missed what was important. I don't know about you, but we often get distracted as well. I mean, I want you to think about it. If you grabbed a three by five card and you wrote, these are the things that I'm distracted by, man, we could fill that thing up. There are lots of things that take our time that we would say, man, that, that wasn't as important as I thought it would be. That wasn't really the main focus that I need to be looking at. 
So what would you fill in that blank? For Martha, she filled in the blank. She filled up her worth with the preparations that needed to be made. You know, there were things that have to get done. She had 12 other people who were there, right? And she had to make sure that, that uh, the food was ready, that the house was clean, that, that the beds were made, that there was place for them to, to be. Martha was convinced that this busyness that she was active in, these obligations made up for that lost time with Jesus. Can you imagine at the end of the day, she was probably not thinking, man, I am so glad that I spent time with Jesus. It was like, oh, I'm tired. That was a lot. When is he coming back around? When are they leaving in the morning, right? Here's the thing. Martha didn't consider herself to be distracted. And we don't either. We don't either. Can you imagine what Martha would have thought when she turned around the corner and saw Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus? Uh-uh, right? No, 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 it's not going to work like this. Right? I'm doing all this work, and there you are just sitting there. I don't think so. We are not going to do it that way. And, and I don't know if, if uh, Martha gave Mary like a dirty look or one of those, come on, you need help sort of, you know, motions, but uh, Mary was oblivious to it or she ignored it or something. I don't even know. And so Martha steps forward and she comes right to Jesus. And it's incredible, this tension, this anxiety that was welling up in her. And, and you've probably, uh, maybe some of you are feeling it as well. Right? You see this, this, uh, this happening right in front of you, and you're saying, this is not right. She was convinced that this was not right. That's why she went to Jesus. You know, if she thought, well, maybe Mary uh, should spend some time with her, uh, with Jesus, uh, she would have left it alone. But she knew without a doubt that Jesus would agree with her. But it also caused kind of a tension between Martha and Jesus, there was all of a sudden this, this uh, sense of, oh, man, she's not, uh, he's not uh, uh, noticing this. He's not noticing what I am doing. So Martha was convinced that she was doing what was right. So this is what Luke says. It says, so she came to him, she came to Jesus and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Tell her to help me. You know the frustration that was building inside of her. You know the injustice. She was getting worked up, and you've been there too. Maybe, maybe for, for some of you, uh, your, your husband invited a couple guys over for the, the Panthers game. Maybe not this one, because if they did, then you're watching online right now. So that's a different conversation. But uh, imagine that happened, and... and, and all that you ask him is, hey, what are you making them? Huh? Right? What are you preparing for them? I don't know. So you start going crazy. Like, you got to make the pizzas, and you got to get the fryer ready for the, the wings, and, and you got to clean up the house and get things ready. And, and there he is. You see him sitting on the couch. 
And, and not only that, but he is watching the pregame show. Like, like he's watching the, the tape from two years ago when, when a game was being played, and he's cheering like he's all excited about it. Are you kidding me? Get up and help, right? You can feel that. Maybe for some of you guys, you know, your wife invited some ladies over for the, the, the uh, marathon of Downton Abbey, right? And, and so you, you just, man, you just started cleaning up. From the moment you heard that they were coming over, you said, I'm going to take care of this. And you prepared your special quiche. You know, you put it in the, the oven and, and you uh, maybe got that Instapot and, and put chocolate in it so that it could melt and it could dip in the, the fruit. I, I don't think you're tracking with me. <laughs> Guys, you're, you're not doing that? Okay, let's go back to the first illustration. You know how it feels when somebody is sitting there and you think, nope, 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 nope. This is not how it's going to go. We all convince ourselves sometimes that what we're doing, how we're spending our time is not only right, but it's needed. It's our obligation. And, and what, uh, what, when I'm talking to you today about maybe your schedule or your time, you're just convinced like Mar- Martha was that, no, these things are building blocks. These things are, are essential to my calendar. But here is Luke calling what Martha was doing distractions. She was calling them distractions. And, and look, the takeaway is not that, that you shouldn't clean your house and you shouldn't make preparations sometimes. And, and guys, get off the couch, right? Okay, come on and help. But there's something about this time that Jesus was just saying, take a breath. If you take nothing else home with you today, if if you, uh, this is your time for a power nap, uh, to be able to, to watch the tail end of the game, that's fine, that's fine, I understand. But I want you to take this home with you. The things that we often think of as obligations may actually be distractions. They may actually be the thing that's getting us off focus. I mean, you know how you feel, that tension when you get a call, uh, when you're working, you get a call from home. Or, or when you're at home and, and you get a call from work and you're like trying to juggle all these pieces. Maybe, maybe your kids are involved in a lot of school activities, but you're also trying to balance that with, man, we want to sit around the, ki- the, the dining room table and have dinner together. Many of the obligations that we have may actually be distractions. And it's not that they're bad things. It's not that these are things that are wrong. In many cases, they're things that are good and right but they're just getting us off focus. And Jesus may have responded to us the way that he responded to Mary, uh, to Martha. He says this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one thing. Jesus was saying, look, you're doing all this stuff. You don't have to do all that. That's not why I came. I didn't come to cause you stress. I came to spend time with you. I mean, you could have just gone and gotten that tailgate box from Bojangles, and I would have been just fine, right? That's okay, because I wanted to spend time with you. Just one thing. 
And Mary, she's chosen what is better. Maybe, maybe you are, uh, have a sibling who you have uh, this kind of tension with, right? And you come to dad with an issue, and all of a sudden, dad makes this proclamation, nope, they've done what's right. They've done what is better. It's not going to be taken away. You feel that sting inside, don't you? And, and I think without this Good Samaritan story in, in the previous passage uh, that we talked about last week, we could have had a wide range of good things that we focus on, that take up our time. But Jesus narrowed it down for us. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to love God and love your neighbor. That's what's going to make a big impact. The Samaritan in that story spent a lot of time with the person that he was helping. Instead of doing all the things that he had planned to do, he came alongside of his neighbor and cared for his neighbor. You see, because relationship with your neighbor is a choice. You could go home and just ignore this time and say, you know what, that's, that's not really uh, what I'm thinking about. That's not really the focus for me. But I really think that would be a mistake. And, and that's not coming from like a, uh, everybody's, uh, uh, nobody's a stranger kind of person. Like, that's not me. But I really believe that if we invest in our neighborhood, incredible things can happen. Now, to be honest, for some of you, it might be a time to make some major adjustments in your time and your schedule and your obligations. Maybe you've been uh, uh, drowning for so long that you're just trying to figure out, how do I spend this next hour of my day? I, I have too many things I'm trying to jam into that. All those things that you think are obligations are overwhelming you. And to be honest with you, that was the way it was for me and my family before we moved. Our lives were packed so tightly with good things. In fact, great things. I mean, I was working at a church, and yet I was consumed and overwhelmed and missed out on important things that needed to take place. Some of those focuses uh, that I should have had were overwhelmed by distractions. So we decided that things had to change. We needed more margin in our lives and in our time. And let me tell you, it's not easy and it still isn't. And, and I don't have it perfect. Like, don't come to me and say, like, uh, you have this time thing figured out. How do you do it? No, not at all. Like, we're struggling with that. But we're moving in the right direction. And I hope that maybe today that you would say, you know what? I need to make some adjustments. Maybe it is your work. Maybe it is some other things in your life that you just need to take a moment and think about, how can I make some more margin in my life? How can I move in the right direction? And it may be today that, that your life doesn't need that, or, or maybe it doesn't need it yet. And Jesus' response that kind of wraps this all up for us it is very simple. Neighboring doesn't have to be complicated. Neighboring doesn't have to be complicated. If you're viewing this neighboring thing like Martha was and all the things that it means and all the extra that it's going to pile onto my plate, take a breath 
neighboring doesn't have to be complicated. Maybe it's time to, to uncomplicate it. You know, we're talking about, uh, our, our family was talking about neighboring the other night after dinner. And so I, I wanted to share with you uh, some of the things that we came up with about how we can neighbor well. And so uh, my uh, uh, daughter, Eliza, wrote it up for us. She took the minutes for us. And so uh, you also are going to need a translator. So uh, let's, let's look at this, okay? No going in people's yards. Okay, that's a good start, right? That's pretty easy. Uh, staying in your own yard. Okay, okay, you can kind of tell what we've been working on, right? A little bit of boundaries, a little bit of like uh, respect your neighbor's property. Uh, when your neighbor says hi, you say hi. Well, I can do that, right? Hi. Hi. That's, that's your neighboring thing, right? That's your neighboring skills coming out. I can help your neighbor. Hey, you have a volunteer who's going to come to your house and neighbor for you. That's pretty good. I, I like that. Uh, you can check your neighbor's mail. And if it's the Amazon box, like, don't even touch that. That is like, uh-uh, don't go there. Uh, you can take food to your neighbor. Man, that's some great ideas. These are simple things that we can do to neighbor well. And, and I bet that if you gathered up your family, maybe at lunch today or, or maybe on your way home today, you said, what are some ways that we could neighbor well? What are some, some simple things that we could do? I bet you could come up with some things. And maybe if you say, look, oh, we just are creative bones. There, there's, not, there's not anything that I can think of. Hey, take home this, this map. On the back, there's like a cheat sheet, okay? You can find some ways that you can neighbor well. Yeah, it's going to take some time. Yeah, it's going to take some focus. But it doesn't have to be complicated. And, you know, maybe it's just that you invite your neighbors into the regular rhythms of your life. Maybe you're going to the park with your kids or your family, and, and you say, hey, why don't you guys come? We'd love to spend some time with you. Or, or, or maybe you, you, you do get that big box of Bojangles chicken, and you say, why don't you come over? We're going to eat this in the front yard so I don't have to clean the house, but why don't you come over and spend some time with us? We just want to hang out. It doesn't have to be complicated. So here's what I want you to do this week. Here's your homework. Uh, we, uh, the first part is really a continuation of, of last week. Uh, I want you to keep working on that block map. And, and what I mean is just add one name that you didn't have filled out. Maybe you have to go on the, the Nextdoor app and like stalk them and figure out their name. But, but find out their name and write it down. And next time you see them, use that name. You'll be surprised. They'll say, hey, oh, hi. The second thing I want you to do is I want you to spend one hour in your front yard or in your neighborhood. That's it. Spend one hour in your front yard. And if a neighbor comes by, say hi. Maybe a little interaction, see what, see what happens, see where it goes from there. And, and maybe you say, look, I, I, I cannot spend an hour just sitting in my front yard. Okay. Okay, try a half an hour. Try 15 minutes. You know, for some of you, your favorite space in the house is the garage, right? Because you get to drive into the driveway and just kind of and go in the side, right? But maybe this week, take one time, park outside of your garage, and walk to your front door 
And if your neighbor happens to walk by, say hi. Look, it, it may not change the world, but it might. There might be some things that come out of that moment in time that will change everything for your neighborhood. And, and, and maybe, maybe for you, the worst that happens is that you take an hour of your time and set aside the obligations that have been going on. Set aside the things that have been happening that you're overwhelmed by for just one hour. And take a breath and live with a little more margin in your life. Hey, I promised you an hour. Maybe that's your hour, right? And that, that one's free, by the way. <laughs> Would you take a moment and pray with me? Father, thank you for being our neighbor. Thank you that Jesus came to live next door to us. That he cared so much about this relationship that he decided to invest his time, his effort, his life into us. And so, Lord, I, I hope that as we think about these things, this time, that we would follow your example and that we would come alongside of you, that we would partner together with you, that we would just take a little bit more time for those who are right next door to us, who are right around us. And maybe if we do need to take some of that extra some of those obligations and put them aside. Change it up. Lord, I pray that you would give us the courage to do that. In Jesus' name.